Listen, we gonna, we're talking about how to build a winning family. I want to throw this out there because I think it's a very important thing. It's not a part of my notes, but I think it's very important if we're talking about building a winning family. One of the things that's really troubled me over the last several weeks, I'll say this and then we'll pray. Not just over the last several weeks. It's, it's troubled me for a while. And it is the number of people who tell me that they are being thrown away from their, out of their family and out of their churches because they struggle with their sexuality. That's, that's wearing me out. Um, I met a young man who said to me that when he told his family that he was gay, in front of him they burned up all his pictures and told him to leave. Since Jesus' days and before, people have used the letter of the law to kill people. Use the letter. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I don't know what the people in your family are dealing with. What I do know is that you do not win people throwing them away. You, you don't, you don't win. It, 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 if your sister have five babies with five babies, that you, you, you're not going to win her throwing away got somebody with a drug addiction you're not going to win you don't win people throwing them away I'm not saying that that doesn't mean that you don't ever have to have boundaries boundaries are healthy they're a good part of family gotta have boundaries but nobody should ever say that somebody who loved Jesus threw them away because what it says to me when you throw people away because of their sin, it says to me that you believe you are saved by your works. The Bible says salvation is a gift. It means there is absolutely nothing you can do to earn it. And we, we do this really good job of ranking sin in our mind. You know, white lies, big lies. Still a lie. Fornication, adultery, still having sex and you shouldn't be. Struggling with sexuality, struggling with sugar. And, and the reason that I use weight, it, I, I use weight's my favorite one. Because in Proverbs it said there's seven things that the Lord hates and one of them is gluttony. So I so I, I don't understand how you stand there overweight and judge somebody who will struggle with their sexuality. Because if you can't turn down the battle over a Twix. <laughs> no, that's real talk. If the cake call you, if the coffee call you, if the Dr. Pepper call you, you even if you ain't being called by the same thing, you you know what it's like to be called. Years ago. I was aggravated with somebody in my family who had um, a drug addiction. And the Lord said to me, he said, um, the only difference between his addiction and your addiction is that his is illegal. And he began to show me how many times that I had gotten up to fix my sugar addiction. I'm going to call out all the sugarholics because you know you got a different kind of sugar the times I would go to the store, buy two candy bars, eat one right then, throw the paper away before I left so I could get home and eat another one. 
the times I said, well, I don't really, I didn't really eat that much sugar because I ate the two donuts before you saw me and you didn't see the two I ate with you. If you've ever wrestled with anything, because here's the reality. It's not a person in this room that has stopped doing everything the Lord told you to stop doing the first time he told you. Everybody in this room, you got something in your life that the Lord keep on talking to you about. Not once, keep on talking to you about. And here's the other thing that you all tell yourself the truth about, that there are areas in your life that God can't even talk to you about right now because you're shaved so far down. So you, so you like, oh, well, people who struggle with their sexuality, they're turned over to a reprobate mind. Well, you've been struggling with your way for 20 years, are you? you? You won't forgive your daddy because of what he did when you was eight, are you? And I just think we ought to be real, real careful of not creating an environment that says, I don't know what your struggle is, but I know we saved by the same blood. I don't know what your struggle is. And if the blood worked for my mess... And, and, and I know that Paul says that you forget those things that are behind, but you can't forget and become arrogant. That's right. That's right. No, really. True story. True story. The other day I watched a young lady make a post. She don't go here so y'all don't have to look around. I watched a young lady make a post. And she was talking about how God was going to call out all of the homosexual sin this year. He was going to bust everybody out. And I just, I met, I texted her. I said, now is this to you? You want the Lord to call out all the sin? Because I knew something about her life. So she called me. She called me. First she pulled the post down. Then she called me. <laughs> and I said, I, said, I just, I, 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 I was like, do you still have a boyfriend and a husband? Do, do you still have a boyfriend and a husband? Because I'm trying to figure out how if you got a boyfriend and a husband that you want this to be the year that people be called out. Because I, th- I said to her, I said, because I, I thought maybe that you broke up with your boyfriend so if he got called out, it was in the past. But if you still got them both. And she began to talk to me about how that was different. How God viewed that sin as different. I took out my full Bible. I said, hold on, I got to pull over. I got to get my, my, not my phone, my Bible. I need my Bible. (laughs) And what I would tell you is the biggest deception, the biggest place of being in iniquity and a reprobate mind is for you to believe that your sin is not offensive to God like other people's is. And if he lets you come back, he taking everybody. So we're going to be a place that doesn't mean we have all the details hashed out about how everything looks. What we're not doing is throwing people away. I got another message from somebody who said their best friend killed herself on Christmas Day because her church and her family had kicked her out. No, we're not going to be that place. I don't know how we're going to navigate the waters of everything as we wrestle with what scripture says and all of that. But all I know is that when Jesus had an opportunity to stone the woman caught in adultery, he didn't. That's all I know. When he was with the woman at the well, he didn't call her a hoe. He didn't. Because y'all know y'all use that word. No, for real, he didn't. (laughs) 
He didn't. That's not what he said. In fact, he immediately saved her and made her an evangelist. So I'm just trying to figure out how you wrestle that you married and you at home cussing each other out, but you take good pictures. And, 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 and so you in an elevated state than people who are, I, I, I'm, tr- I'm like, are we not just all growing and becoming? We all just growing and becoming. So we're going to keep working to keep creating an environment. We're going to learn how to do life together because a church is a family of families. And the church can only be as strong as your family. And so we're not throwing people away. Because the other problem with throwing people away, here's what we've done in the church. We've made people pretend to be delivered when they aren't. We've made people admit that they're free from stuff that they're not yet free from. And the reality is you got to tell the truth. There are things in your life that have been instantaneously taken from you. There are other things you had to walk it out. And the challenge is that when you meet people, you don't know where they are in the process. You don't know where people are in the process. You don't know that the person that you're so offended with about their bad attitude that God hasn't spent the last two years trying to get suicide off of them. You don't know. And we don't know yours. So let's just be gracious to each other. We're a family. Families get on each other's nerves sometimes. Right? You can't just fall out with your family because you could you you gotta learn how to do life with your family. So that's what we're talking about this year. How to build a winning family because your your church is only gonna be as strong as your family. And so there's some things you gotta wrestle with. What Pastor Edwin and I say is at the end of the day, if you don't know what to do, look at what Jesus did. And what you, in fact, if you study your Bible and the Gospels, you'll find that the only people Jesus ever go off on is religious people who try to keep other people from coming. Them the only people Jesus ever go off on. Literally, Jesus be talking to a woman, she got an issue of blood. He talking to a man who done robbed some people with taxes and stuff. He talked to them gentle and kind. He don't get aggravated to church folks show up. Because church folks always trying to create a hierarchy that determines who get to be in and who don't get to be in. He never got aggravated with one sinner. He never said he couldn't come. And here's the other problem. I just want to tell you, like, the challenge is how you going to be light when you hide? You can't be around people who curse. You can't be around people who drink. You can't be around people who don't do everything right. I mean, what kind of salvation you have that it just rub off when you're in a bad room? (laughs) Jesus went right in the mist. Because I don't know how you read your Bible, but when it says, when when it says that Jesus went to a party at a sinner's house, it will be like the party at your house when you was a sinner. Absolutely. When Jesus came over, they didn't put on near my God to then take out the communion bread. When Jesus came over, they was turned up. And Jesus met them because, because anybody who's ever really been touched, you've been touched by people who met you where you were. 
anybody who ever changed your life, they met you where you were. They didn't ask you to elevate. They came and got you right where you were. And they walked you out of where you were. That is discipleship. So to me, when we see all these people and we like, oh, they going to church and they playing with God. I'm like, where the discipleship program? Where's the discipleship program? We got all these girls in church fornicating. Okay, great. Who is willing to be on the midnight booty call intercession team? (laughs) Because anybody who's been out there in the world understand that most hookups occur after 11 o'clock, not at a.m. So you want to send somebody a scripture at 11 o'clock in the daytime, but what can we do at midnight when that text come through dot, dot, dot? Dot, dot, dot. You know what dot, dot, dot mean? You sleep? Yes, Lord. I'm asleep. <laughs> yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I'm asleep. I'm asleep. And that, now, but I'm going to tell you, those of you who really trying to be kept, stop sleeping with the phone beside in the bed with you. Because you know who vibrating your phone. Turn the vibrator off. Put it off. You can vibrate in the bed. Vibrate. Don't do it. You're going to get caught up. And then you're like, Lord, I'm sorry. But that's practical part of discipleship. Who willing to be the person who can be called when somebody's struggling? Because if you're not willing to be called when people are struggling, you don't have a right to judge them. When people come and tell you their marriage problems, can you handle it? Can you handle it? Or before they get off, I mean, you like, ooh, they crazy, girl. They can't come back over here no more, contaminate my marriage. They can contaminate your marriage. I'm praying, but this what this just, listen, I'm, I'm so serious. Doing life with people is hard work. It's, it's hard work, and you got to have a lot of grace to do work with people. And here's what I'll tell you, that even for your leadership, for the people who lead, Pastor Edwin and I, Kristen, Ralph, Nitra, people who operate in Leadership Valley and stuff, give us the same grace that we give you when you mess up. Don't expect a perfection from me that you ain't mastered. That's how we go do family this year. Because everybody need help. And everybody need to be a part of a tribe. And everybody need grace. And we're going to be a place of great grace toward people who are struggling. Amen? Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to be here. We thank you that you care about us. That you care about every area of our life. We thank you that even in scripture, you show us that the first institution that you, you create is family. So help us get back to good family, to whole family, to pure family, to free family, to family that represents you in Jesus name. Amen. 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 So we will talk about just how to win a winning family and some of this stuff may seem like it's just about marriage, but it's actually not just about marriage. It's about what it takes to have family. In Amos 3 and 3, it says, can two walk together unless they agree? Now, can, two, can we walk together if we don't agree? If I'm going north and you going south, can we walk together? We can't walk together unless we agree. 
That's why vision for your family is so important. Where are we going? What do we want to accomplish? That's why every family ought to have a family set of core values. It's funny because when our kids go out the door, when, when the boys get ready to go out the door, we say the same thing almost all the time. We say, represent God. Represent this family. Don't have sex, including oral. Don't do drugs. Remember who you are. Every time. You know why we say it? Because what stays in front of you is what you live. Oh, I'm not going to have those kind of conversations with my kids. Then you're not going to know sometimes what your kids are doing. I say to their friends, don't do drugs. Not with my kid. Don't do alcohol. <laughs> no sex. That's what vision looks like. Here's what our family is. Here is what we believe. We believe that when we go out, we ought to represent God. We believe that when we go out, we ought to represent the family. We believe that there are certain standards of behavior that are acceptable for this family. Now, in truth, when the church starts trying to control what everybody's doing, that's really all they're trying to do. They're saying, we're, we belong to God. We ought to live a certain kind of way. That's true. We belong to God. We ought to live a certain kind of way. But we also have to remember that people are growing and becoming. My kids have had the opportunity to hear that message since they were born. Some of the stuff that we're trying to learn, you just learning it. So you got to have an opportunity to grow up, to become. How can two walk together unless they agree? We cannot move forward if we don't know where we are heading. Where is your family headed? Where is your family headed? What are your family's goals and dreams? What is the purpose and the destiny of your family? It's important for you to understand because when God puts families together, he puts them together for the purpose of accomplishing something in the earth. If you don't know your family's purpose, you'll do anything. If you don't understand your family's purpose, you won't understand why you get some of the attacks that you get. So here's the problem. So we're going to start with marriages because we'll start with marriages and parenting because here's the deal. So how can two walk together unless they agree? Except the challenge for a lot of people is that when they get married or when they get into a relationship, they don't really know what they agree about. Because when people are dating, they got a different kind of in loveness that makes them not be as thoughtful. So when people are dating, they're, they're thinking about the fun they're having with somebody right now. But, like here's a great example. So if you know that you don't want to raise your kids around somebody who drinks and gets high, why would you date people who drink and get high? Do you think that somehow they're going to magically just the moment there's a baby or there's a marriage go, whoo, deliver it? Because one, you'd have to understand, how do we feel about drinking? Because if you believe drinking is wrong and you marry somebody who doesn't believe drinking is wrong, you go always have tension. And so people 
can't be in agreement because they don't even ask the right questions. You know, especially, well, one, most men don't want to talk a lot anyway. They, that's, they just really don't. Most men got 5,000 words a day. They, they got 5,000. I tell Pastor Edwin, save me 1,000. I don't care what you got to do for them other people. Save me 1,000. You don't give all your words away to those other people and come home and talk about you ain't got nothing to say. I need at least 1,000. <laughs> most men don't talk to begin with. And most women don't want to know the truth in dating. Most women don't want to know the truth in dating. Most women build fairy tales. And unfortunately, women build fairy tales because fairy tales are what they're read, which is why I ain't read my girls' fairy tales. So you always looking for some prince to come, to rescue, to save, to deliver, to make you happy because you can't wake up until he kisses you and you can't get out the tower until he comes. You had the hair to begin with. You could have let your own hair down and come down. You needed him to crawl up your hair to get you back down? So I think it's important for women to begin to say, okay, if I am going to, because I think this is very important for women as we talk about family, here's the reality. The Bible tells us that when we marry somebody that we're supposed to put ourselves in submission to them. That means that a woman ought to ask way more questions than a man have to ask because you got to ask yourself whether you're about to follow a fool. He cute, but is he smart? Can he solve problems? Can he keep a job? When he told you he had three kids, do he really mean five? Those are the kind of questions that women have to ask because if I'm going to follow you, I got to know you worth being followed. But if you, Kenosha, you're not preaching today, stop. You're doing too much. You're doing too much. Uh Uh-uh, I don't need them right now. Text them to me. I got my phone up here. Um, But that's a good one. Does he hit women? Does he hit women? Does he grab women? Does, Does he walk up on you? Does he shut down? You need to know that kind of stuff. And so part of the challenge where we get into this place where we don't have agreement in marriage is because women didn't ask good questions because what you wanted to know, what you were more interested in is what your bridesmaids was going to wear. You were more interested in whether you were going to be able to afford the latest 2017 design and where you were going to be on your honeymoon to whether you would actually like the person you were honeymooning with. Because a lot of women are in love with the idea of getting married, which is why for a lot of women, that first joker you pick, he a loser because you want a wedding, not a marriage. You want a wedding, not a marriage. For those of you who really want a wedding and you want an opportunity to be seen this year, talk to us. We'll throw a party for you. We'll give you a quinceanera at your age so we can come and celebrate you. We will help you because I don't know whatever, I don't know Spanish, but what's 40 in Spanish? What? Uh, What? We'll give you one of them. We'll give you one. We will all come. We will clap. We will say, girl, you look so beautiful. We will Instagram you. We will snap 
you. We will Facebook you. But do not try to get married just to get a wedding. We will give you a party. Yes, we will. We will let you come out. We will debutante you. We will do whatever you need. But you got to stop picking somebody just so you can wear a dress and walk down the aisle. Women have to be skillful in their choice selection because this is a person you're going to bow to. And then some of you like the reason that you're off with submission to begin with because you know he a fool. You know you ain't going to bow, but you wanted a wedding. You know you don't trust his decision making. You got to pick out his clothes. You got to tell him what to eat. You got to text him, make sure he got to work on time. That ain't nobody you can be married to. That's a child. Now, the challenge for men is that men got a lot of ego. So men will let you cater to them when they know they ain't picking you. They will let you cater to them when they know they ain't choosing you. You not it. You folding clothes. You, de- you delivering lunch. You got Victoria's Secret on lockdown. You get the reward points and everything. You planned out. You already know what you're going to do for Valentine's Day for somebody who can't even come to church with you. He can't even meet you at Starbucks in the daytime. He only know your number once it's midnight. But you think, is everybody? Hold your kid, cover your kid's ears. Cover your kid's ears, no, for real. Hear me, ladies. Hear me, ladies. You cannot have sex good enough to be chosen. You cannot have sex. You can't work it, suck it, twerk it well enough to be picked. You cannot. You cannot. You can read all the Cosmo you want to read. You can learn how to do it in 30 seconds. You can learn how to yoga position it up. But that is never why a man picks a wife. No, I'm trying to help us. I'm trying to help us. I'm trying to help us have real conversations. Because before we even get to the family, you got to get to some of these jacked up situations you dealing with that you trying to create pseudo family with somebody they picked you. I'm so tired of that you can do it enough to be picked. You cannot do it enough. You can't do it good enough to be picked. You can't. Because that is not why men pick wives. I'm going to tell you a secret. How you always know if you have a man that is your man or not. It's true. So the man said, uh-uh. And can I help y'all? I don't know if they're recording this, what they're going to do with this, but let me help you. When somebody tell you that they love you when they're having sex with you, that ain't real. Come on, 
They mean they love how you making them feel at that moment. And because most men compartmentalize, as soon as he threw feeling, he threw loving. Because the thrill is gone. It's gone. To the next time, which is why the myth comes that if you keep doing it and doing it, doing it, he's going to pick you. Nah, but here's the thing. This is how you should know how God created men and women. In Genesis, it says that God created man. He then pulled a rib out of man and made woman. Now, American translations would make you think that that means that women are inferior to men. Actually, if you look at the word... The word help in the Hebrew means save. The word meet means mirrored but different skills. So the wife that God gives a man is a woman who will save him because she has skills to fill the gap where he doesn't. No, I really am preaching better than y'all saying amen. No, I really am. I'm preaching way better than y'all saying amen. So one of the ways that a woman can know whether the man you are dating is your man is how he responds to your voice. Men are designed to please the woman they are created for. So when I got to keep on saying to you, I ain't your rib. Because a man who finds his rib begins to anticipate what pleases her. I'm just telling you. All in this room, let, let me ask you, is there any man in this room who don't really like holidays? Y'all don't really like Valentine's Day. You don't really want. (laughs) Men who don't really like Valentine's Day, but they found their rib, do stuff anyway. And they do it like it was their idea. And they show, they show. That's why, that's why some of them wouldn't even raise their hand. They like, I don't like it, but she ain't gonna know I don't like it. Why? She ain't gonna know. The nature of a man, the nature of a woman is to nurture. And the nature of a man is to take care of and and provide, protect. So if you say that we supposed to be together, but ain't nothing in you that want to protect and provide, you ain't it. And that's what you should tell your daughters. That's what you should help your daughters understand. A man who really like you ain't making you come pick him up even if he got a borrowed car to pick you up somebody help me a man who really like you even if you come to him he want to give you gas money because he ain't want you to put yourself out to come and see him he ain't talking about well you know I will come see you but you know my mama ain't giving me no money this week So because women's job, because women are in, 
women are nat- nurturers by nature, then what happens is, is that women want to fix men that don't belong to them. So then all you do is upgrade a man for his wife to come find him. You teach him how to dress. You teach him how to talk. You teach him how to order on the menu. You teach him how to interview. You teach him how to do all of this stuff. And then he go build a life with somebody else. You got to learn how to save your nurturing for someone who is worthy to be nurtured. Because there is a man who's worthy to be nurtured. But every man ain't worthy of your nurture or your goodies. So how can we walk together unless we agree? So in the dating stage, we need to be asking some crucial conversations. We need to have some crucial conversations, which is why when you're dating people, you know, I talk about this. Y'all laugh at me. But but see, before you get to tinglies, you need to be having conversation because the tinglies make all conversation muddled. The, the tinglies like when, when, when you're tingly you don't hear good and you like, like, like literally it's the truth it's like if you sleep with somebody and you didn't really get to know them sometimes you could sleep with somebody stay with somebody that you don't like only because you having sex with them and then be trying to figure out that's called a soul tie because your soul is now tied to them through sex. And can I just say this to women? The truth of it is you're not wired to give your body without giving your soul. So you think that you're tough enough to give your body without giving your soul. And then you be over at this house throwing rick- bricks in his wind and stuff. Because you didn't realize that you not wi- you, you ain't wired to do that. You're not wired to give yourself to someone who isn't owning you, who isn't in covenant with you. You're not wired to do that. And that's why young men, you ought not to have sex with women that you're not really interested in because then you'll be like, why is she crazy? Because you triggered that crazy when you entered her. And then now she wants to be connected to you in a way that she didn't think she wanted to be connected to you too. And then now you're like, I don't understand why she followed me everywhere because you deposited yourself into her and now she thinks you're your you're hers I don't know what's wrong with y'all today I'm just trying to tell you this is what family conversations have this is family conversations I'm saying to you that men if you don't want women to be running behind you thinking that you wonder why they so crazy keep your body to yourself because women aren't designed to give you their body without attaching to you she done created a separate profile to follow you on Snapchat and Instagram. Because you got her caught up in the matrix. For you, it was just a conquest, but she looking for a man. So how can we walk together unless we agree? So men and women ought to be intentional about building relationships with people that you can see yourself with. So here we go. Some of you going to say man, some of you going to get mad, but it's the truth. In most cases, people who got trifling baby daddies, they showed you they was trifling before you had a baby. Most of the time, they didn't just trick you. 
they didn't trick you. What happened is you didn't ask crucial conversations because he was tall. He was chocolate. He had a six pack. Listen, I'm not trying to be funny, but especially for you 20 somethings, look at the men in here that's older. Like that typically don't last. Like you can't pick him because he got good hair. I mean. <laughs> Did you used to have hair? Did you used to have hair? Did you used to have hair? So you trying to pick a dude to make a baby with so you can have good hair. Look at his daddy. Do his daddy still have hair? Do his grandfather still have hair? Because that's an indication of where we going. You need to be looking at do he work? Not do we have good hair. Does he work? If you make a baby with somebody who only was playing Xbox when you met them, why you think they going to get a job? <laughs> I'm trying to help us because we're trying to get into how to build a healthy family. Some of you, listen, listen, because here's the thing, reality. In church, you always know that everybody not pulling their full face forward. Right. You know that there's some people in here. Some of y'all, I ain't going to look. I'm just going to kind of, I'm going to look at you, Sister Reynolds, because you're married. It's some people in this church who got secret booze. And, and they, they, they got a lot of creeping going on. And, 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 and they giving up the goodies. And, and they getting the goodies. Right. And the fact that they haven't brought them here is indication that it's not somebody that they really serious about. Because if you were really serious, you would want to bring them so your family could see them. So before you got caught up, we could say, oh, she crazy. No, look, she, for real, she crazy. Come on. She, no, she crazy. Because men are really good at helping you see the men who ain't no good, but women are really good at helping you see who crazy. When crazy walk in, we like, ooh, mm, mm. <laughs> walked in our house. She came to see Chase. I said, she crazy. She crazy. She got to go. They was laughing at me. Then she brought a bird to our house. Like a bird that she took out of her yard and then she put in yard. I said, I told y'all she was crazy. <laughs> And like that, then guys are guys. She wasn't crazy. She was dumb. You don't want to do life with a dumb woman. <laughs> anyway, so how can we walk together unless we agree? So foundationally, those of us who are dating, those of us who have children are dating, we need to be asking crucial conversations to them about the people that they're giving their attention to. Because you can make yourself like somebody if you spend enough time with them. You can make yourself like him. You can make him be something. Oh, you know what? Just one day, one day he going to be somebody. He know he probably going to be who he is right now. And he not going to be nobody for you because he not going to be anybody. My grandma used to say this all the time. She said, listen, y'all ain't going to like this, but this is true telling January. My grandma used to say, listen, you can tell some, a lot about a man by whether he care if he got a car or not. 
she, she said, because a young man will drive a raggedy car to have his own transportation. She said, any man who comfortable riding with you will let you work two jobs. Anybody, any man who comfortable with you paying all the time, who comfortable with you, who let you get out and pump the gas while he sit there and text. How can two walk together unless they agree? Now, once we've decided that we're going to move forward, for some of you, it's too late. Y'all already married. Now we got to figure out how we got to move forward. <laughs> it's too late. It's one of the reasons. It's one of the reasons that I am never going to be like, ooh, everybody get married. Because I'm like, listen around here. Like, I'm always like, are you sure? Do you know that you know that you know that you know? Because once you get married, I'm going to encourage you to stay married because that's what I believe the Bible says. So if it's any reason that you think that you should not marry this person, go ahead and tell it. Now, let's deal with it. Some of you, so because you're in love, you plan the wedding, you don't do marital counseling. You don't think you need anybody to give you any advice because you like, ooh, love, love conquer all. Man, let me tell you something. Them little tinglys you get on the weekend when he drive up, when he live with you every day, they ain't there. They not there. And it's not that you don't like him. It's that he don't put the toothpaste cap back on thing. He don't fold towels the way that you fold. You don't fold in the way that I mean, you do in real life. People who do in real life can't live off passion alone. People who do in real life got to have strategies and plans and commonalities. How are we going to parent our kids? Like one of the reasons that Edwin and I had to come up with a different way to parent our kids is because the way we both thought about parenting was really different. Like his mama whooped them with everything. I was like, no, what you ain't going to be doing, you know, if, if you want to you wanna die, grab a, an extension cord and hit one of these kids up in here, right? I ain't with that. My grandmama did switches. He felt the same way. He was like, switches, how slaves get whipped. We ain't whooping our... So we had to come up with a vision that worked for our family. <laughs> <laughs> It's called a belt. <laughs> That's the strategy in our family. But we always try talking first, prayer, and the word. That's, that's our strategy. But then if you don't understand, we have some things that can help you understand what we were saying. We would prefer not to do it. But if you cannot understand, we can assist you in understanding. So, do you know how you manage money? You building a life with somebody. You, you, you've joined a checking account with somebody. Do you know their credit score? Do you know that they pay their bills on time? Like, because in, because in reality, like, there are people, and I'm not talking about in a bad way. You could be a person who wants to pay the bill as soon as it comes. The other person could be a person who doesn't want to pay the bill until the day is due. They're like, they're not getting my coins till the day is due. If you don't understand that, now you got a conflict. Because you're like, why, why you pay the water bill 12 days early? What's wrong with you? And then you got to make sure, because can you imagine what happens when somebody who wants to pay the bill the day it comes out marries somebody who don't pay them to the late notice come? 
Like you both stress, how can we walk together unless we agree? And, and sometimes women don't ask because you're afraid of the answer. And then you marry somebody and you got to live with the answer. You got to ask questions like this. So I was just wondering, you know, if we ever had a really tight situation and you lost your job, what would you do? You want to hear things like, I'm going to work, but ultimately I'm going to get a job at McDonald's if that's what I got to do because I'm going to take care of my family. That's the kind of stuff that you want to hear. You don't want to hear like, I don't know, I'm going to ask my mama. See, because if he go ask his mama, he go ask you. You want to say stuff like this. Do you like your family? Tell me about what it was like when in, in your house growing up. Those are important questions. Because you need to know, because if you, if you marry somebody who had a volatile situation growing up, how they see arguments may be very different than how you see arguments. You just trying to have a conversation. They like, hey, I'm not trying to get the police called. Why? That's their experience versus yours. You got to have those kind of conversations. Now, people who are married and have been married every year, you should be revisiting where are we going this year. Because people change. How many of you know that a lot of stuff you cared about at 20, you don't care about so much as 30? 40. So you got to be revisiting, especially for people like Ralph and April who got married when they was um, in the eighth grade. <laughs> Tina and Sparky, who was betrothed at the daycare. Like, when people... <laughs> When people, have, when people are growing up together, you got to be having conversations. You got to be able to have really, like, for example, there are women who believe that when they have a baby, they're going to want to go back to work. Then sometimes when the baby comes, they get these feelings that they didn't know that they would go have. And then they don't want to go back to work. So then they, they, they're, they, so now... The husband feel betrayed because you said you was going to go back. The wife feel like you're trying to take me from my baby. And now you got all of this. You got to be able to have conversations and say, hey, I didn't know I was going. I didn't know that having a baby was going to make me feel this way. So how do we get in position? What can we do? You got to be able to say, I didn't, I mean, because if you didn't have kids, you don't know. Some of you, like, you, you're the reverse. You're like, no, Pastor, I'm reverse. I thought I was going to stay home. I had to get me a job. I'm not about this life. <laughs> but it, you got to be able to be honest. Oh, we said that we were going to homeschool. Listen, I got to tell you, I don't like being home with your kids all day. And something bad going to happen if we don't put them in school. <laughs> something bad going to happen. Like, you, you got to be able to tell the truth about where you really are in every stage of life and what you really expect. I'm not, I'm not, I knew that I wasn't going to marry a man who liked to smoke, a man who liked to drink, and a man who liked to stay out late at night. Because if you don't come home, my crazy gets stared. And then, then now we got problems because you out late. And I'm having to figure out why you out late. And then by the time you come home, she all the way out. So I just need, I wanted a man who wanted to be at home. But you also can't date a guy and be willing to travel all over the world and then get married and be like, we just go be home and watch, pop and watch movies at home all the time. You got to be honest. You can't perpetrate a fraud to get somebody. Which is why you, it's the other reason that you need other people to watch the people you're interested in. 
Because most people put their best face on when they dating you. You need other people to be able to notice. I was talking to my sons. I'm like, I know what kind of wife you need. I'm with you every day. I know what kind of wife you need. You think you know what kind of wife you want. I know what kind of wife you need. The kind of wife you think you want, y'all ain't going to accomplish nothing. (laughs) Y'all ain't going to do nothing. You got to know, you got to ask those kind of questions. What does retirement look like to you? What does vacation look like to you? Somebody idea of vacation may be like, hey, you know what? Every year if we just go to Branson and get a timeshare, I'm rocking. You're like, I wanted to go to Europe. They're like, I don't even fly. You got to have conversations. You got to have conversations. And then love has to say that I'm willing to do some things that I wouldn't have normally done because I love you. Pastor Elwin last night, he was on the phone with Ralph. He was talking about taking his trip to Belize. I was like, okay, all right, I can do that. But then they started talking about how the, some of the pictures had lizards in the room. I was like, look, dog, let me tell you before you take me over here. <laughs> Man, um, I'm not really about that lizard life. And I'm telling you, if we get over there and there's lizards and stuff in the room, I'm leaving. Because <laughs> I want you to know up front that I'm willing to take an adventure. But if, you, but if we go go to the rainforest, the rainforest need to be outside. And when we inside, it need to be us inside, not lizards and stuff inside. Now, it's other people who would have been like, oh, my goodness, it'll be so cool. Not me. You got to be able to tell the truth. Pastor Ellen's like, I want to go on an Alaskan cruise. I'm like, who would you like to go with? <laughs> is, that a, is, that, is that a guy trip? I'm, I don't, why would we want to go out there? Who, who does that? And I love you and I want you to have this experience. But I don't even hardly go outside when it's cold here. I'm, I'm not a, and then I'm going to be in Alaska mad the whole time. And so what I'm saying to you is that part of vision is saying, listen, this isn't necessarily something I'm passionate about doing. But if it's important to you, I'll help you do it with some people that you care about. Like, you want to go to the Dallas Cowboys football game? I'm a Steelers fan. I don't want to go there. But I'll watch your kids where you can go. I'll buy you a jersey too. But but, but then there are other people, like if you think you need to do everything together, we need to go to the mall together, we need to eat lunch together. No, no, because this is really important. Like anybody who knows Jordan knows that Jordan likes a lot of alone time. So I asked Jordan, I said, Jordan, when you get married, are you going to, what you gonna do with your husband? She said, he gotta have some friends. He gotta be able to go be by himself sometime. <laughs> do you know that about yourself? It's love to you that somebody went to the mall with you. You need to know that. Cause then you stressing this man out here or this woman out, she don't wanna go to the mall. You're like, babe, let's go look at these shoes. You're like, I don't care about the vision. Because walking together doesn't mean we have to do everything together. It just means we gotta end up in the same place. All right, I'm about done. I'm going to give y'all some points for today. Y'all good? Oh, no, I'm not. What about sex? What about sex? Chase. I need security. Somebody moving out of the church. No, sex is important. Sex is extremely important in marriages. 
And it's funny because like people don't like historical stuff, but one of the reasons that they did the Karma Sutra and the, the technologies behind that is that they wanted to make sure that when people got married, they were sexually compatible. So it, so in, like when they did arranged marriages, they didn't just ask about money and kids. They also ask about sex as well, because the reality of it is, is do you know how much your partner wants to have sex? Do you, if you don't, you better find out. Huh? Be before the wedding. I read an article the other day. The girl was saying that her husband only wanted to have sex every other month. Oh my God. The husband. Not, but not everybody has a high sex drive. You need to know that. If you think, if your idea is to have sex four times a week and you married to somebody who only wants to have sex once every other week, you're going to have problems. Those are real conversations. Why would, money, sex, communications, real conversations. Do we like to have the same kind of sex? The same kind of sex. Is your idea of sex slapping people, throwing them against the wall? Because <laughs> I ain't really with that, okay? You can't hurt me. I'm not about that life. You're laughing, but because you don't know people's experiences, you, you don't know how, what do people perceive? Like, you do, so you do realize that in the kingdom, there are people who believe that it is a sin to kiss, to tongue kiss. Now you can say it's ignorant, but if you don't know how your potential spouse was raised, if they've heard their whole life that this is wrong, that this kind of sex is wrong, and then you bring them in and you like, woo, baby, we free. They like, hold on, player, because I'm not going to hell playing with you. Because people who have been taught certain things are conditioned a certain way. And if you don't have conversations about it, where does it come from? Then you can end up having really big problems with somebody that you love because you didn't have a crucial conversation. How sex changes after you have babies. How most women get the mommy syndrome. Now you're so busy being a mommy, you don't know how to be a woman. Ooh, everybody got quiet. Well, I'm gonna stay here for a while then, okay? That's always how you know. I'm going to stay here for a while. I mean, y'all just went, I mean, uh, that's an indication that we're in the right zone. You know, before you got married, I mean, before, not before you got married. If you, oh, that, that, can I say this too? Listen, I know that we are a really free church, but if you're not married and you have sex, I'm a pastor. I got to tell you not to do that. So I would appreciate if you didn't tell me that you were not having sex, that you were having sex if you're not married. Because I got to tell you not to do that because that's biblical. So you probably shouldn't tell me unless you're trying to stop. Right. Because I can't, I, I just, I, so don't ask me about your sex problems if you ain't married. Because you shouldn't be having no sex problems because you shouldn't be having sex. All right. Okay. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um... So women get married, and then you know you pra you got you you got your sexy perfected. Then you get a you become mommy. You get all maternal. You got that house coat on. You know, before when you first got married, you you know you went to bed sexy. 
<laughs> Matching a naked. You went to bed matching or naked. Now you got these, the baby. And now you like, we can't do it because the baby. We can't, I can't do that because the baby. Like, it's, the baby is not in here participating. The baby is over there. Like, you got to be a mama and a wife. You have to be a mother and a wife. So then that means that women have to be honest and say, hey, I'm struggling. I got some body images, you know. I didn't know that breastfeeding was going to do all that. <laughs> Now, now they look a little different. <laughs> so, before I was before I was willing to prance through, now that's the reason I'm all covered up. I didn't know. Nobody told me. <laughs> Those are real conversations that people need to have about where sex changes in your 30s, in your 40s, in your 50s, in your 60s. You got to have these conversations if you want to protect your relationship. How are we going to communicate what our retirement goes? That's just some loose stuff. Pastor Ellen's going to come back and talk more. I'm just going to give you um, eight steps to creating an amazing relationship. And then Pastor Ellen's going to come back and break this stuff down for you. Does this make sense, you guys? You got to fix your stuff. And here's the other thing, too. If you need to go to counseling, please go to counseling before you are at the impending World War III. Like when you first start saying, I don't think I like them, go see somebody. But in truth, the reason that people don't think they're like their spouses anymore is either because your spouse was a jerk to begin with and you just didn't pay any attention. Or because you're now focused on everything that's wrong with your spouse instead of everything that's right with them. And people do that a lot. So we want to be careful not to do that. All right. Number one, if you're going to have an amazing relationship, you have to forget the past. You got to forget the past. Here are the two things, the two kind of past you got to forget. You have to forget the past you have with that person. And you got to forget the past you have with other people. Now, that is one of the reasons, though, that the Lord instructs us not to have sex till we get married. Because he does not want them other images creeping in. What's it called? Uh-huh. God don't want you to have a reel with nobody on it but your spouse. A reel. A movie reel. Real. He don't want you to have a slide share in your mind with nobody but your spouse. Your top eight should include your spouse. Amen. But if you go out and you do every freaky thing you can with somebody else and then you get married, you'll probably go have that inter- just occasionally. And then you got problems. All right. You got to you you you, you got to forget the past. So like, you know, like for example, if you liked a woman, if your type of a woman was like big bus, small waist, hippie, and you married a slender woman, you got to make it work with what you got because that's what you pick. But, you, but you're not going to be able to have 
a maximum sexual relationship or intimate relationship if you really wanted this body type and then you keep getting images on Instagram and other places of this body type because it keeps making the body type that you have not be enough. If you wanted light skin and you married dark skin, quit looking at Elder Barge. Look at people who, look at people. (laughs) I'm trying to help us be practical. And here's the other thing too. Like you got to be careful, especially as you get older and your body changes. Now there are some people who are amazing at keeping their body and their body still look like it's 20, whatever. For the rest of us, that ain't the case. That ain't what it looked like, right? So you got to be careful of like judging your spouse to have a 25 year old body when you got your 45 year old body. So like you want your spouse, you want her stomach flat, you want her breast firm, you want her butt tight and you got a beer belly like match, match. But like, I mean, cause really like if you a woman, you probably got big cause you haven't had kids. Well, man, why'd you get big? Why'd you get big? I mean, you ju- you judging me because I don't look like I looked at 30. Well, you don't either. Why you, why did, I mean, you talking about how I'm bigger, but you, you lost your hair. You didn't tell me you was going to lose your hair. <laughs> Should have looked at your father or your grandfather. Because balding is hereditary. You already know. I told one of my boys, I said, you can look at your head and your daddy's head, you're going to lose your hair. So you better learn how to shave it bald because you better learn how to rock it. Everybody not going to keep their hair. So you got to forget the past. Number two, you got to get clear on what you want. You know what's really unfair to do to a person? To marry them and try to make them somebody else. You can't marry somebody and try to make them somebody else. Like sometimes people be like, oh, they're so quiet, they don't ever talk. Did they, did they talk when you was dating? Well, they didn't really say much. Well, what did you think was going to happen when you got married? You think they would go find all this stuff to say? They don't really talk. Oh, she talked so much. Didn't she talk that much when y'all was dating? She, she talked a lot. So you can't marry somebody and ask them to be somebody different than who they are. That's not fair. So get clear on what you want. And then here's what you have to ask yourself, that if God drew you to marry somebody, what sometimes what we need is not necessarily the thing that we enjoy the most because of how it challenges us. So you think you want to be married to somebody who agrees with everything that you say, but the problem with that is that all you left with is your smarts. And what about when your smarts not enough? You're supposed to be in partnership with someone who can add value to you. You're not supposed to marry a minion. You're not looking for somebody to just follow you blindly and do whatever you say. That's not a partner. That's a slave. You wanted a dog, a pet. You didn't want a spouse. So you got to get clear about what you want. Number three, you got to get in agreement. If we're not in agreement, we can't accomplish anything. Pastor Edwin and I have always said this. If we get in agreement, you can't stop us. If we get in agreement, whether it's good or bad, which is why when people get in agreement about getting divorced, that's where they end up. If you get, the Bible says, if any two or three come and join together, that he's going to be in the midst. 
It says that he's going to be there. One will put 1,000 to flight. Two will put 10,000 to flight. So we have to be in agreement. And so here is the pattern for that. Because the other thing, too, is you got to know, is your, the person you're in a relationship with, do they decide fast or do they decide slow? Do you know? Who's the fast one? It won't take me all day. I'm like, we doing it or we not? So if you married to somebody and you know they process information slower, you know that they're going to be more thoughtful and more methodical. One of our rules in our marriage is about agreement. So like we like that if we don't agree, we don't move forward. So like if we're looking for a house, we have to love it the same or we don't buy it. Because what you don't want is somebody putting their money on something, feeling resentful. I ain't want this mess no way. And so you have to just believe that if God tells you to get a car, if God, if you need a car, if God leads you to go on vacation, if God, he will bring you guys into agreement if you will be willing to pause and wait to get an agreement. You got to know that. Like Pastor Edwin, he methodical. He like he don't hardly decide anything quick. So when I'm working on something, I start working early because I know that it's gonna take him. Like Jesus, I could have done decided twelve times. Oh my God! <laughs> I be like, what takes so long? Do you want to do it or not? Huh? But people who process—that's just how they make decisions. But because he processes, he often finds things I skipped. He finds things I, yeah, I wanted to pull the trigger. He like, whoa, pause. Can we? Now, the opposite is true when we buy cars. He buys cars quick. I buy cars real slow. I love when they be like, well, if you don't get it today, it won't be there. I said, so this a custom car? Like you built this just for us? Like, they don't make any more of them? Like, this Ford Expedition, they don't have no more of them in the whole world. Oh, okay. Let's go to another dealership. Like, I mean, I'm real slow. I'm, I'm not tied to that. The other thing is that you got to know what you're tied to and what you're not tied to. You got to know what you're tied to. If you're a person and you really into getting your kids everything and you buy without thinking, you need the spouse to hit the pause button to be like, now you know that baby don't need no more shoes, Kenosha. Um, verse... <laughs> That's, don't, don't bust out my message no more because I'm going to get you if you do. Number four. <laughs> Understand that you will be required to change to accomplish your vision. A relationship is between two people. It's not just one person who needs to change. And all of the people who are a little arrogant and type A, you always think it's the other people who need to change. It's not. It's not. And then you over here talking about most of the time. No, not most of the time. You're not right all the time. You, you, you're not right all the time. And the warning sign is that for people who think they're right all the time, that then when God gives them somebody who can add value to their life, then they reject it because they think they're right all the time, which is a root of pride. We can pray for you after service if you need it. All right. Understand that you will be required to change to accomplish your vision. 
Your life today is the result of your most dominant thoughts. Your marriage today is the result of your most dominant thoughts. Your family today is the result of your most dominant thoughts. How you're parenting your kids, is it working? Is the way you're parenting working? I know your mama did it. Did it work when she did it? And that's the most interesting thing to me is that people will try to parent the way their parents parented and you know it didn't work when they did it. Some of you, all your parents did was make you really good liars. You learn how to lie straight face and not even flinch. Did you go out there? No, ma'am. You, no, ma'am. Are you sure we understand? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> you just, you learn. You, you, if, so why would you parent your kids in a way that wasn't beneficial to you? And if you have multiple kids, you cannot parent all your kids the same way. Kids are different. You got one kid, all you got to do is look at them and they repent. You got another kid, you almost got to choke them out for them to acknowledge that they're doing something wrong. You got to know the difference. So you have to parent and build every relationship knowing that you're going to have to change and evolve. Number five, in a family, you have to learn how to submit to one to another. Now, a lot of people don't like this because in the Bible, we only, in, most churches only preach about how the wife should submit to the husband. The Bible actually says in a verse, either before that or after that, it says submit one to another. And as a family who has core values and goals, the family should submit to each other. So let me give you an example of what that looks like. In our family, we have some words that are off limits. In our family, we cannot say to each other, shut up. Shut up is out of bounds in our family. That means that if I say shut up, one of the kids can say, we don't say that in our family. Submit to one another. Oh, some of y'all got all. My kids can't tell me what to do. Right is right. If we got a rule about what we do, then anybody in the family should be able to say that the rule is being violated. Because if you don't allow your kids to say the rule is being violated, they don't respect the rule. Which means that when you get worked up and say, shut up, you got to apologize. You don't get to say, well, I said it because you really get on my nerves. You got to say, no, you're right. I apologize. We don't say shut up in this family. So if we're going to build a great family, we got to submit to one another. Here's the thing you can ask yourself. If you were fighting at your house, spouses, adults, fighting with someone, and your kids told you to stop, would you honor it? Because if you wouldn't honor it, you're not honorable. Because if you're screaming and yelling and your kids say, Mama, stop, Daddy, stop, you should respect them enough to stop. I want the best for my kids. Then why you can't stop screaming when they ask you to stop screaming? Submit one to another. You may have people in your family, they don't like screaming and hollering and make them nervous. Can't be screaming and hollering. And then wonder why, why they scared of everything? Because you scream and holler all the time. Well, y'all can think about this. When Pastor Edwin comes, he, he can help y'all more. Create a space for open communication. Is your family a space for open communication? Do you have conversations where you ask your spouse what kind of spouse they think you are? Yeah, that's number six. Yep. Create a space for open communication. 
Can you take feedback? If your kid says, Daddy, you yell too much, you go whoop them now? You don't tell me I yell too much. Yell if I want to. I pay the bills here. Is it, a, is it a space for open communication? Because here's what you need to think about. We talk about wanting to create safe spaces that your kids could tell you if they were molested, if somebody approached them inappropriately. But if you wig out about little things, your kids ain't going to tell you that. They're not going to tell you that. Can your kids say to you when you have crossed the line? Can you take it? Can your wife say to you when you have crossed the line, do you have the capacity to hear that you are wrong? How do you feel when somebody that you live with, that you work hard for, had an audacity to tell you that you did something wrong? Whatever you're feeling right now is how you feel about it. Do people in the family get to tell you how to improve or are you the only one who get to tell everybody how to improve? Amen, saints. Is your family a space for open communication? When you get home, you should ask your kids or on the ride home, you should ask your kids, do you feel that this family is a safe place to say whatever you need to say? 